Hello and welcome to the CEO Mom Podcast, The Woman, The Mother, and The Myths. My name is Vanna Matthews and along with my co-host Melinda Crowder-Dunbar, we are going to debunk myths related to being a woman and a mother. Join us for another raw and uncut conversation. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to season two of the CEO Mom podcast. We are so excited to be launching season two. We're actually going in a different direction than what we did in season one. In season one, we focused on motherhood and business. And what we noticed was that our listeners were more interested in talking about things like self-care and mental health and just being a woman and not just focusing on the business part. So we are going in a completely different direction direction this season and we're so excited about it and our new name for the CEO Mom podcast is the woman the mother and the myths and we also have a new co-host we are going to have some raw uncut conversations and we're really going to dive into not just being a mother but being a woman and we forget a lot of times as women that we were women before we were mothers and we want to peel back those layers we want to get in deep and we really want to talk about what it means to be a woman and we are going to debunk some myths that are related to womanhood that are related to motherhood and and how those two join together. So before I go any further, I have to introduce you to not only this wonderful licensed professional counselor, but she is one of my closest friends and I have known her since we were in our early 20s. So we have <laughs> gone from, oh my goodness, tell, tell them how we met. You have to tell them how we met. Oh my gosh. Did we meet at Oak Cliff Bible we Fellowship? Did. Okay, we so did. we were attending Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship with the one and only Dr. Tony Evans. Yes. And uh, I think we were at an event or something. We were in choir. Oh, yes. yes. We were in choir. And I had left the choir. Um, was it Expressions, Expressions of, praise? of Praise? EOP. Shout out to EOP. I am so excited to have her joining me. It is such a blessing. Let me slow down. This wonderful lady is Melinda Crowder Dunbar. Okay, she is a, like I said, a licensed professional counselor. And how we met was, like I said, I was in the choir and it was the young adult choir. So we were in our what, early 20s. Early 20s yeah. And she, I had taken a little hiatus. And so I had left for a few months and then I came back and Melinda was there. And she stood out to me because her hair was just beautiful. She, this was back in, I don't want to age us, but this was back in what, 2000, early 2000. Early 2000. And yeah. nobody was natural. Mm-hmm. And so Melinda was natural and she just had this full head of hair, these perfect curls. I thought, I, I don't know if I haven't told you this, I thought it was a wig. Because I think was, you did. It was I think you, did. you asked. I, I think did. you said, is that you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nobody's curls are that perfect. I said, that is, and I looked at, I said, that's not her hair. Yeah. You, that I is think, not her mm-hmm. hair. And the next week I saw you, it was long and beautiful. And I said, that's definitely her hair. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I told you, and we met in the bathroom. We, I tell her that her hair, I'm like, your hair is so pretty. And then you started telling me that it was natural. And I said, I'm going natural. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I need some tips. I need you because I'm going crazy. I don't know what to do. So we walked back to the choir room and we sat down. You sat down next to me and you said, so are you married? And I oh. said, no. And you were like, do you have any children? <laughs> I remember. And I said, no. And I didn't even know where this was going. And she said, oh, okay, we can be I remember, yes. yes. I was looking for some single 
friends with no kids. No, Had you been traumatized? Traumatized, you know. Or I can't hook up with you because I got to get a sitter and all these different things. I just wanted a girlfriend who had time, you know. I can call her up. We can go to dinner. We can go to lunch, whatever. She didn't have to try to find a sitter, you know. Um, or she didn't have a boyfriend or she wasn't married or anything. And it was perfect. I was like, okay, let's yes, be friends. Here's my this. number. Yes, that is how well, we met. That is exactly. And we exchanged numbers and we've been friends ever since. And it was funny because I didn't have any friends with kids or who mm. were married. So I had never mm. even lived that life. I was just like, I'm good. Right. Because even <laughs> you ever talk to them on the phone and the children are screaming in the background mm. and they got to get, I was like, girl, I don't have time for that. And just, we were so not interested in motherhood <laughs> at all. Like, you know, I remember once I was at lunch with uh, a, a lady, a, a girl from my hometown in Louisiana, and she invited one of her co-workers who brought a baby and I was so distracted I know this sounds so evil but I was so distracted by that baby being there and crying and I was like this is not this just disrupted every my girl time you know I wanted to have and probably at that time I was having some inappropriate conversations and I remember thinking I was like god I'm just so not ready for motherhood I don't even it's not even on the horizon yes yes that is so that is so true and it's interesting how we have watched each other go through all of these stages of life. And so, because we used to hang out. We used to. We, we went hard. <laughs> like, we didn't leave. And we, we're just going to put it out there. We, we were in the club. <laughs> you can find us in the club. Yes, like, and we didn't leave until the lights came on. Every time. <laughs> every time. And then on most of those occasions, we would go grab some food afterwards. Yes, you know, we'd go get something yes. to eat. So, we had to do the after after. But it was. Yes. That's how we met. That's how we and met. singing in the choir. I'm sorry. Yes. We were singing in the choir and going to the club. <laughs> so Just twerking the night before and then the very next Sunday tonight. I love you. And we meant it, Lord. We we meant it. I because I, I really did. I yes. loved him, you know. Yes. But I you know, we that we were cornal. So it, it is amazing, like you said, just to see the transition and the growth through the different seasons and how our friendship has really flourished into where it is today. It's it's really beautiful. It is. It really is. Yeah. It really is. And you you just watch each other evolve and it's so funny because we remember the time before kids when we were doing our thing mm -hmm. and then you start having kids and you forget that individual. Yes. And yes. that's why we're shifting gears with this podcast because yes. We don't need to forget that woman. Do some things that you love and really remember the woman you were before you had children. And so the name is The Woman, The Mother, and The Myths. And we are going to really dive into some incredible topics that really focus on mental health. Because that, you know, last year we lost some some big celebrities who we didn't know were going through that. So and many people are yes. suffering in silence. Absolutely. Um, and so we want to take the, you know, whatever the embarrassment, whatever the shame, whatever it is that's associated with that keeps people from opening up and talking about it. We want to be just transparent about it. We want to invite people in and just have an open discussion about it and let people know it's okay yes. and they're not alone. So many people want to suffering from depression yes. and anxiety that, I mean, the numbers are through the roof, you know? So it's just, it's so important that we take care of ourselves, that we identify, what does it feel like to have an anxiety? You don't even know what the, a lot of people don't exactly. even know what these symptoms are yes. of anxiety and depression and things like that. So to be able to bring those things to the light and then have some 
un- honest, you know, uncut, raw conversation about it, and then offer hope and encouragement. That's the, at the heart of what I want to do. I want to offer hope and encouragement. Every time a client walks through my office, you know, I that's my that's my number one desire. How can I encourage this person? How can I provide some type of insight? How can I help them see that oftentimes the answer lies within? Like a lot of times people just don't even know. They just need somebody to ask the right question to help pull it out and then just encourage them along the way. So um, it's so important that we do that. So I'm so happy that we're having this, this conversation. Yes, yes, absolutely. And yeah. I know you're going to share with us what depression and anxiety looks like once we um, really start diving into that. And and that goes to why this is something that's so important to me. So I'll, I'll share a little bit about my story. And of course, you know this because you had to to come literally get me yeah. um, a couple of times. But I suffered from postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, I had never heard of it. I had heard of postpartum depression. Right. And as a matter of fact, I was having anxiety attacks to the point where I thought I was I thought I was having a stroke, I thought I was about to die, was about to fall out and even called the ambulance a couple of times, had to be rushed to the hospital and went to see all these different doctors. I think I ended up seeing three or four emergency room doctors, my family doctor, um, and I just kept saying it's physical mm-hmm. because to, I didn't know what anxiety looked like, sure. and if I'm feeling these 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 pains in my chest and all of these things are going on, something's wrong. So I need mm-hmm. to see a cardiologist. Yeah. This is not mental, right. and I and they all kept saying, "I promise you, this is mental." I mean, doctor, different hospitals, my doctors, other people's doctors, and they were like, "This is mental." And so I finally called my OBGYN and said, "I think I have postpartum depression," mm-hmm. and you know, they were like, "Come in immediately." And so I go in and, and we talk and we go over everything that's going on. And he said, Vana, that's postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. And that's something I had never heard of. And he said, we're going to have to deal with it in some of the same ways. But I was overwhelmed. I was incredibly stressed. I was doing too much. And I even had a friend, once I shared everything with her, she sat me down and she said, I saw this coming. Mm-hmm. Like I literally saw you, you were taking on too much as a new mother. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. And we, like you said, we suffer in silence. And and what you said was so powerful. We don't know what it looks like. Yeah, because yeah. nobody talks about nobody. it. Nobody. Nobody. It's taboo, you know, in the in, in our homes. Nobody nobody talks about, um, you know, what it what a panic attack looks like, yes. or you know, when your heart begins to race and you're just terrified or you're overcome with fear. Nobody talks about those things. So I wanted to ask you. So what what were some of the symptoms that you experienced mm-hmm. with your postpartum anxiety? The heart um, palpitations, the constantly feeling like I was up. I don't know if that makes sense, but just you can almost feel the stress uh, or the tension in your body. So that was like the physical part of it. The other part, just not being able to relax, not being able to sit down or calm down, you know, feeling like go, 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 go. Um, Because I don't know if that was a way of trying to cover it up or trying to just keep it moving but it was it was almost like being on a treadmill all mm-hmm. the time at the highest speed mm-hmm. um and just but didn't know what it was just thought wow. it was just life sure. being hectic but it was physically you were having the physical yes, symptoms the physical symptoms and i remember you telling me go exercise go run and it was just and i was doing it and it definitely was helping mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I accepted what it was mm. that I was able to get better. And it was a process. Sure. It, it was a process. And I, for me, I ended up being on medication 
for I think about seven months and you know after talking to my doctors and everything and he said I do believe you can eventually get off of medication but we've got to get you normalized yeah so bring you up to a level of yes. health they had to yeah yes because yeah. I couldn't function mm-hmm. I couldn't function mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. my best friend had to come get me and I stayed with um her sister-in-law during the day my husband would come get me after work because I couldn't even drive and I had this four or five month old baby yeah and I was afraid I was going to pass it out with her at home by myself. Mm-hmm. So, and then I remember you coming to get yeah. me and just pray over me because I was just constantly. And I, I remember saying, Vonna, just breathe. Yeah. It was a lot it going on lot. for you. Not to mention, we don't we don't realize what happens to our bodies when we have babies, mm-hmm. how our hormones are out yes. of, it throws them completely out of whack. Yeah. But I love how you said you got on medication. Yes, I did. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because a lot of, especially Christians, we don't believe that we should have to take medication because if yeah. you if you believe or if you you know you're a child of God then you don't have to take medication. But what what brought you to that point where you were like it's okay, Bonner, for me to take medication? Or how did you get there? I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you like something I, has. To I was give. like, whatever we need to do. I was tired of being on this this high all the time. And I think having a doctor that was very understanding, he just, you know, my OBGYN just has a a great way of calming you Mm -hmm. and and making you realize that this is not as bad as it looks, but it will continue to get worse if you don't do it. If you don't do something about it. And so we had a plan and and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed now to not be on medication and I haven't been on medication for, I don't know, maybe five years, Mm -hmm. but if you do need to stay on it, stay on it. And I yes. had to make some serious lifestyle changes to stay off of medication. Mm-hmm. If I continue to function like I did before, mm-hmm. then let's get right back on it. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've had to learn to say no. I've had to learn not to crap my schedule. And we'll, we'll really dig into that. Yeah. But I had to make some That's serious changes. Yeah. To not, but I tell people, if you, I was able to, to get off, but there is nothing wrong. I have a friend. She has to consistently be on it. And it's okay. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's good stuff. It's Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I know. It's, just, it's hard, but you know it's going to help somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think a lot of time we experience what we go through, not just for us, but for other people. Absolutely. And yes. if we could just learn, like, shift our perspective when we're going through things and not look at it from a selfish perspective, but go, okay, let me go through this. Mm-hmm. And let me, you know, a lot of times the change uh, is is when we go through. So we have to go through things. And then when we come out on the other side, we can look back and go, okay, you know, how can I use this to help somebody else? So that was very brave of you to do that. Thank you. Thank you. Tell the audience about how you got into counseling, which I have to say is your calling it's your gift even before you know you know like i said we've known each other for a long time and i remember when you were in corporate and when you started to transition which was a completely which was a huge career change but it was so it it made so much sense because you're that person everybody could talk to and you were so what is the reasonable but just you just have this way about you it's like yeah this is what she needs to be doing Mm -hmm. so how did you transition from corporate to being a counselor yeah so early on like even in high school people would come to me with their problems now I didn't do the right thing with that information when I did hear it I'm just gonna keep it 100 um but as I grew older I started to realize man even when I when I traveled when I worked in corporate and I would travel no matter where I was sent I just attracted people and they would just tell me deep things 
you know, and I'm like, we're not even that close or connected, but here you're telling me something. I guess you just, you felt, you feel comfortable. And that's when it kind of dawned on me when I came back home. I was like, I think that's an area of giftedness, you know? And then I talked to my godmother and she was like, Melinda, you should probably look into some master's programs for counseling. And I was like, hmm. So I looked up the program with Texas A&M Commerce and all the courses I was interested in. And I literally just enrolled, uh, worked on that while I was working full time in corporate America, finished. And then it took us a while. I was married and at that time and we had to plan for the transition because I knew it would be a pay decrease. So it took a while. But once I made the transition, I mean, it has been such a blessing because I do feel like I'm doing exactly what I was called to do. You know, Absolutely. If you will. So that's Absolutely. how I got here. Yeah. Absolutely. What's your focus? Women's issues. That's one of my, you know, my main priorities. Uh, I love being a woman. I love everything about, even though we, we wear so many different hats and we have so many different functions. I love digging into women's issues and just talking about whether it's depression, anxiety, stress, marital issues, divorce, addictions, because some of us deal with addictions. And just, I want to talk about everything and help women through those different struggles and different transitions in life. I also work with couples because I'm a huge advocate of the family and couples being together and fighting together. So I enjoy really helping couples work through the different seasons and transitions that every couple will face and go through and um, helping them to put a different perspective on those things and look at them as opportunities for growth instead of leaving. How can we, you know, actually work together and learn from this? And also work with people who struggle with addictions as well, not just alcohol or drugs, but, you know, there are a whole lot of different addictions. So I love helping people identify the root cause of why they're struggling and then put a whole relapse prevention plan in place, if you will, and get that support that they need and things like that. So those are my areas of specialty presently. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so when you said I'm um, going back to addictions, because that's something when I hear, of course, you you limit it to drugs and, and alcohol, oh. but it can be I guess you can exhibit addictive behavior that can end up being destructive and it doesn't necessarily look like something that you need to quote unquote go to rehab for shopping like that yes let's just take so how do you identify addictive behavior and how does that specifically women how does that impact us a lot of times let's say a woman is maybe she's having marital problems okay so to help her deal with something that's outside of her control because she can't control her husband. She can't change him. But when she starts to feel bad or not validated or heard or worthy or loved, she'll go out and just go shopping mm -hmm. to just kind of numb that pain a little bit. And so where it becomes destructive is, destructive is obviously she's spending money that she doesn't have, or maybe she'll go and apply for a credit card. So now you're running up debt all because you know, you have this, which really at the base of it is a self-esteem, a self-worth issue because you're looking for a man to fill you up and, and which obviously he can't do it. We get to the heart. The behavior is just a symptom of a, of a deeper problem. So when they come in, I say, okay, they come in, oh, I ran on my credit card and I can't, okay. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about why or what's going on in your life, you know, and then we can kind of get to the heart of the matter. Okay, and what are some ways that you can manage addiction? 
Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> the first thing one I always tell people transparency. Okay. Because you cannot change what you don't acknowledge. Right. Okay. So you have to acknowledge the fact that look, you gotta look at yourself in the mirror and say, I have an issue, I have a problem. So transparency, just being honest about what you're going through, getting overcoming denial, and then allowing somebody to challenge you, allowing somebody to call out the manipulative behavior or whatever it is, and being receptive of it, owning it instead of running from it or blaming. Because a lot of times when you're struggling with an addiction, you blame. Well, if he would do, or if she would do, or if this wasn't happening, then I would. That what you're doing has nothing to do with the other person. It's all internal, you know. Right. I, I like that. That's that's some good information. And those are some of the things that we are going to dissect and really break down. We are going to debunk a myth. And so, Melinda, share some of the myths that we are going to debunk in our new our new podcast. The the one of the first ones that we really want to dive into. Yeah, so we're going to talk about, oh my gosh, this whole work-life balance. You know, Mona, everybody talks about work-life. There is not a, a magazine, there's not a talk show, there's not a podcast. Everybody, the news, I mean, everybody talks about work-life balance. And it is a myth because as I'm learning, balance is something that actually adds additional stress. It's something that we can't, it's impossible because once you do get it even, something is going to tip the scale yeah. again. So it's like, instead of looking at it as balance, I'm learning to look at it as rhythm. Mm, I like that. How can we just flow in the rhythm and the season that we're in? You know, so if you're a stay-at-home mom, that's your priority. That's your season. Mm. Stop trying to get out of that season. Oh, and okay. Something I like that. that. Okay. I, I like that. I was listening to a podcast, and I know I'm going to get this wrong, but it's it talked about having abundance where you are. Mm. So not always trying to get to another place or another space, but just saying, okay, how can I just be okay with here where and right now until I transition? I love that. And I, I think because personally, I have spent so many seasons of my life wishing for the next season mm, yes prime example my daughter the other day even we were I was in the kitchen cooking and she came in with a book she said mommy can I read to you while you're cooking well you know I'm trying to you know multitask and in that moment I started to say baby give me a minute and let me finish but then I said you know what there will be a day when she's not going to want to come mm, in and read yes. anything to me <laughs> yes I'm going to be knocking on the door come in you know? still here <laughs> I said you're going to live here right. until I graduate <laughs> And so, you know, I uh, I stopped and I said, absolutely. And I just sat there and I listened for a few minutes. And then I said, okay, I'm going to go over here and cook. But I'm listening. And I just I just took took that moment in because I know that it's fleeting. It's not going to last forever. So I think it's important that we just take advantage of, they call it mindfulness in psychology, just mm -hmm. being in the present okay. and enjoying. Because even the Bible said there's a season for everything, yes. you know, yes. and just enjoy the season that we're in and stop trying to be in the, or stop trying to be in a, uh, relive or make up mm, for a past season when you're struggling good. with guilt. Yes, that's You good. know what I'm saying? Yes. So just, you know, the past is the past. Forgive yourself, forgive others, and just move forward. Yes, that is so true. That's that's good. And we, when we talk about work-life balance, like the way you said, we're going to focus on having a rhythm mm -hmm. and really feeling good about or working with where you are. Yes. But the other part of that is we are going to really talk about how work-life balance is not so much about your routine or, you know, your business or your career and family and how you put those together, but it's about, are you mentally and emotionally okay? Yeah. Because that is the true definition. You, you can be, your house can be a mess. Mm -hmm. 
can be, you know, you need to clean up and, you know, maybe you have a maid coming, whatever, whatever that looks like, but you can still be mentally okay mm -hmm. because, or your house can be in order mm -hmm. and you cannot be right. Mentally, you cannot be okay. And so we really want to dive into going into the person and into the woman more so than talking about how do you juggle a lot of things. And and even with CEO Mom, you know, with the magazine, we ask the question, we talk about balance and we try to reframe the question in different ways. And pretty much no matter how much or how we reframe it, the answers are always the same. I don't try to balance. Hmm. Most and we have some women who say I do, um, but I would say ninety percent of our um, the women we interview say I, I don't try to balance. Yeah, and I just had to learn. They're smart. Yeah, yes. and I'm sure a lot of them have <laughs> yes. learned the hard way. Because yes. I know, like you, I was trying to balance everything, and it's like, why am I doing this? If I'm not okay, mm -hmm. then my daughter's not going to be okay. Exactly. Or I'm not going to be able to manage my uh, private practice well or whatever it is that I'm doing if I'm not okay so mentally spiritually emotionally physically all of those things are essential to our overall well-being and just making sure we have a plan in place we got you know support systems and um, you know outlets where we can you know whether we're journaling or we're drawing or writing or re whatever it is just to de decompress I mean just have that alone time I'm excited about the yes, upcoming topics I am. Yes. and I know I know you guys are going to be excited just listening to Melinda now and just she's going to give you that professional perspective so every episode like I said we're going to debunk a myth we're going to give you some truths and really deconstruct why we think it's a myth mm -hmm. and then I'm going to give you more of the the personal just the lay person's perspective and Melinda's going to provide you with that professional perspective and we're going to try to leave you with tips mm -hmm. as to what you can do to go to that next level mentally emotionally and spiritually and we're going to have things that are going to come up time and yes. time again yes. self-care we're gonna beat that like a day. we're not gonna <laughs> let that one go because women do not put ourselves first we do enough not. we do not and so we're gonna talk about that a lot we're gonna talk a lot about just redefining balance we're gonna these things are gonna consistently come up and we are so excited to be sharing this new podcast with you because we do believe that you can't pour into your kids if you haven't poured into yourself mm -hmm. you can't give them what you don't you have, have. yes <laughs> you have nothing you can give nothing yes. and that's that's yes. what we're going to talk about so thank you so much for listening please rate and subscribe tell us what you think about the first episode and also if you have any suggestions anything that you would like us to talk about please let us know because we want to connect with our listeners and we really want to hear from you we are also going to be sending out a newsletter that's going to give some tips about every episode that we do and so we're really excited about that you have to subscribe in order to get that newsletter but thank you so much for joining us and join us again we are going to debunk the myth of work-life balance this is Vonna Matthews and Melinda Dunbar thank you for joining us for another episode of the CEO mom podcast the woman the mother and the myths we hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we have if you'd like to hear more subscribe and definitely rate us go deeper with us on every episode by subscribing to our exclusive newsletter at ceomommagazine.com there, we'll provide tips and information based on every episode. This podcast is produced by For Her Media with music by BOPD and C. Scott. Until the next conversation, thanks for joining us.